Christianity. My Bible is God talking to me. I read this word daily. I meditate on this word day and night. This word is rooted and grounded in my heart. This word feeds and grows my spirit. Therefore, my flesh does not control me. I walk according to the Spirit. I am a child of God. I have the mind of Christ. God's thoughts are my thoughts. God's words are my words. God's actions are my actions. I am a doer of the word. Glory to God. We are doers of the word. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, we've been going through the book of Revelations. Uh, this is the 20th part of the series. So we have gotten to chapter 20. Praise the Lord. Uh, I put you in remembrance of a little bit of a couple of things of chapter 19. Chapter 19 is where we see Jesus come in at the end of the seven years of tribulation. Uh, and we see that uh, he has his final say with Satan. Uh, he puts them down. Uh, we see right here in Revelation chapter 19, um, verse uh, 20. So chapter 19, verse 20, it says, And the beast was taken uh, with him, uh, with him the false prophet um, that wrought miracles before him, which deceived them and received the mark of the beast and them that worshipped them. Um, these both were cast alive into the lake of fire and burning brimstone. So we know that once Jesus has his victory there in um, Jerusalem, on the mount in Jerusalem, uh, when he has his victory, and we, we showed you in the word that Jesus is not going to come in, you know, Jesus is not going to come down and him and Satan are going to get in a great, you know, sword buckler you know, sword-to-sword sword fight, and we don't know who's going to win. No, God's going to speak, and the devil's going to be done. That's, it's going to be that simple. We showed you that in the Word. Um, and then once the Word is spoken, the angels come, and the angels gather up Satan, all of the demons, uh, the kings, the rulers of the area, uh, the false prophets, and um, the... Uh, the false prophet and the, the, the one that they called the beast, the one that was possessed of a demon um, before Satan came, the, the predecessor, uh, he gathered, the, the angels gather all of them up and takes them into the pit. And this is where we pick up, and there was great rejoicing in heaven, um, and this is where we pick up chapter 20. So let's pray and we'll get right into it. All right. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Lord, we thank you thank for this you, day, and we thank you for being here with us. We know that whenever two or three are gathered in your name, that you will be in our midst. And we, we are glad that you are here, because we are gathered in your name. And we ask you to, to give me and Robbie the words that are just right, the words that will help uh, the folks that are here to, un to have a greater understanding and revelation of Revelations. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, we just we just love you, and we thank you for your word, and we thank you for your many blessings. And... Uh, Thank you, Father. Thank you, Satan, Father. we bind you in the name of Jesus. You cannot come to steal, kill, and destroy. You will not interfere with this word being preached, and it will go, and it will be understandable. It will go, fall on good ground, and it will grow in our lives and the lives of those that we come in contact with. We thank, thank you, you for it, Jesus. 
couple of little couple of thank you, Lord. We do thank you. We do honor you. Praise you that the the prayers prayed have uh, that we have them. Thank you, Lord. A couple of things I want to put you in remembrance of is the word angel means messenger, and an angel. Of course, we talk about the the angelic spirits of heaven. And we know that there's many different types. There's the seraphim and the cherubim. And uh, um, there's, you know, there's all kinds of different types. There's the archangels and, and all the different. We know that there's a bunch of different types. We talked about the four, the four beasts around the throne, above the throne, that they are a type of spirit being, a spirit servant. And so angelic angels uh, or spiritual angels are spirit beings that are meant to be servants to the heirs of salvation. That's what it tells us at the end of chapter 1 in Hebrews. It tells us specifically what their job is. But we also saw in Revelations at, uh, chapter 2 that a messenger can also be the pastor of the church. We saw that. If you don't, if you're like, what? That, I ain't got time to explain it. Go back and listen to the first few messages on Revelation. Go back and find them. Uh, if we've also, then we saw last week that, uh, that John was talking to one of the angels and all of heaven bowed down and began to worship God. So the angel, so uh, he bowed down to worship this angel and this angel said, no, don't bow down and worship me for I'm a brethren to you and I have the testimony of Jesus Christ. So we realize that, and, that this, and we believe that the angel that he was talking to was one of the angels or one of the messengers that was sent with the seven vials of the, pl of the seven plagues of God. Remember, plague doesn't always mean sickness. It can mean uh, to be stricken or to have calamity come on you as in the form of correction. Um, and so we figured out, oh, this is one of those. So an angel. So the so when we read the scriptures, angel does not necessarily always specifically know. We also know that Jesus Himself is referred to as the angel of the Lord in different scriptures. So the word angel does not always mean an angelic spirit or, spirit. or an angelic servant or a or a uh, spiritual servant, um, a, a being, a spiritual being that is a servant. So, so we've got to keep that in mind. The other thing that we have learned through the scriptures um, and that I have proposed to you that is very differently, very, very different from probably any other teaching you have on the book of Revelation is that um, right before the church gets called out of here, we go from being uh, mortal to becoming immortal. In other words, we cannot physically die. And I've showed you through the scriptures how at different points, that, that the scriptures could be very well interpreted that way. Um, now, is that fact? Is that guaranteed, Pastor? Are you sure you have it 100% right? No, I'm not. I'm not 100% sure that I have it right. It's just the one thing that really makes sense through the whole scriptures for us. Um, and we see it time and time again. And in this chapter, we're going to see that there's only two resurrections. There's only two resurrections. There's the resurrection of the dead, of the righteous. The, there's the resurrection of the dead, those that are in, in Christ at the, at the calling away of the church. And then here in 19, we see that after the millennial reign of Christ, 
there's the resurrection of the dead. And those are those that are spiritually dead. Um, so if, if the church, if, if we see in, uh, 1 Corinthians 15 around verse 52, 48 to 56, that those that have died priorly, those are resurrected. And then the church gets called out. If the people that are during the tribulation that receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, and then they physically die, I don't see a spot in the scriptures where they get resurrected. So kind of keep that in mind um, as we read this. So let's pick up in 20, and let's read on. All right. And I saw an angel come down from heaven, having the key of the bottomless pit, and a great chain in his hand. And he laid hold on the dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil and Satan, and bound him a thousand years. Okay, so... The old serpent, the dragon, the devil, the Satan. These are not four different people, four different beings. These are, these are, all, these are just four different names that he goes by. One spirit. One and, spirit. And bound him a thousand years and cast him into the bottomless pit and shut him up and set a seal upon him that he should deceive the nations no more till the thousand years should be fulfilled. And after that, he must be loosed a, a little season. Okay, now we've not seen the thousand years up to this point. Everybody at this point is going, what are the thousand years? We're fixing to read what the thousand years are. But what we do know is at the end of the seven years, everybody that's on the planet remains on the planet. There's no discussion of anybody of them leaving. They're all on the planet. They're all living. And then, but Satan and all of his demons are chained, put into the bottomless pit, which we have found in our study. You've got to go back and you've got to listen to the sermons. We have found that the bottomless pit is different than perdition. Remember in a prior chapter it said that he would come out of the pit, but he would go down into perdition. And remember we found out that the pit is an endless abyss that apparently the demons can come in and out of, uh, but perdition is the it is the depth of the depth of the depth, and it's the place where the where the dead are disposed of, and that's perdition or what we would call hell. Um, so here, uh, at the end of the seven years, Satan and all his demons are all bound. They're all sent to the bottomless pit. They're chained, and the and the bottomless pit is locked. And there's a seal put over the pit, which means they can't get out. They cannot get out. And, and it says that he will not come out for a thousand years. So what does that mean? That means the influence of sin will be no more on the earth for a thousand years. It means that the people on the earth will no longer have to contend with, the, with Satan whispering in their ear. They'll no longer have to contend with demons trying to kill them. They'll no longer have to contend with that great whore, go back and listen to the other sermons, that great influence of sin influencing them. All that they're going to be left with is themselves and the Lord Jesus and those that come back, which we'll read about. 
Okay, so we're going to read about this millennial reign of Christ. All right, verse 4. And I saw thrones, and they sat upon them, and judgment was given unto them. And I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus and for the word of God, and which had not worshipped the beast, neither his image, neither had received his mark upon their foreheads or in their hands. And they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. All right. So immediately you hear you hear that you hear that phrase, um, "They which worship not the beast, neither his image, neither receive the receive the mark upon their foreheads or their hands." And immediately you immediately go see these are the people in the tribulation. Now hold on, wait a minute, wait a minute. Let's stop and let's let's break this scripture down. All right. So first of all, John said this. John said, I saw thrones, which means there's more than one throne. He said, I saw thrones and they that sat upon them. So the people that sat upon the thrones, this is what their job was. And judgment was given unto them. Those that go out of here in the resurrection of Christ, if, if everybody walks their walk, they do their part, they get to go out of here in the resurrection. We've, we've showed you time and time again in the scriptures that in order to go out of here in the resurrection, you've got to be living clean. You've got to be living righteous. You've got to be living according to the commandments of God. Excuse me, but are you, are you saying the, you mean to be saying the rapture? In the rapture. Yeah, okay. yeah in the rapture. Not, not the resurrection of Christ, but the rapture. No, no, I'm sorry <laughs> if I said that. I, I said the wrong thing. Sometimes my brain goes faster than my tongue. Uh, they get out of sync. All right. So in order for you to go out of the ra- out of here in the rapture, you've got to be living according to the commandments of God, which means you've got to know the commandments, right? So if you're living the commandments of God, you know what the word of God says, then does that make you, does that qualify? Basically, you know the law. Uh, it, how much you know, in order to be a judge, you have to know the law, True. right? All right. So it says, he says, the, to, unto them that sat on the thrones, was given to so so what was given to them that sat on the throne the power of judgment when we come back god is going to make us judges or rulers over areas of the earth you might be given a nation to rule you might be given a state to rule you might be given a city or a province to rule you might be given a neighborhood to rule you might be given a community to rule. All kind of, we don't know exactly how Jesus is going to set it up, but we do know that he said you're going to come back and you're going to get to rule with him. The Bible says, do you not know that you're going to, not only are you going to judge man, but you're going to judge the angels too. So, so we're going to get to come back and we're going to get to help rule the earth. Uh, we saw over in... Uh, chapter 2 and chapter 3, that if we in the church stayed the course, remember one of the promises of one of the churches was that he would give us uh, rods of iron to judge? That's that ruling staff. Yep. How, is your, how is your region, deter- how is it determined what you're going to be ruled over? So glad you asked. You're gonna, what's going to determine that is your work on the earth today. A lot of people say, well, I don't care about the works. No, baby. 
You care about the works because the works are going to determine your position in heaven. Your works are going to determine uh, your position in the ruling rank of uh, when we come back to the earth. Uh, Jesus, remember the, remember the uh, parable about the talents? And he said, you know, and he, gave, and he gave the different servants different things to take care of. And some of the servants increased it and the one servant buried it. You remember that? And, and remember the scriptures that said, he that is faithful over little, God will give him much. Much. If you'll be faithful in the little things that God gives you here, God's going to give you much in the millennial reign of Christ to rule over. So your works, no, your works don't save you, but your works do matter in your eternity. It'd be horrible. We were breaking this down. We were talking earlier, and Michael said, you know, it'd be horrible to be a manager or a ruler over something here in the earth and thinking that you're somebody and thinking that you got a little something going on. And then you get to heaven, and you're the ruler over the toilets in heaven. And I mean, and that's—I mean, not, and that, I'm not saying that that's how you're going to rule, but but you know, if you're not faithful with the things Something of God, that's an obvious demotion, anyways. right? That's the point. <laughs> and obvious, like, okay, you're you're really ruling big in society in the natural world, but when you get to heaven, because you've cared so little for the things of God, you're ruler over little, over little. So God is not so much concerned with what you rule over in the natural as much as he's concerned about what you do for him and his kingdom in this natural world. So it makes a difference. It makes a difference. Here you go, Luke 16:10. He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. And he that is unjust in the least is unjust also in much. In other words, if you're not going to be faithful in the things on the earth, God's not going to trust you with the things of heaven. No. He's not going to. Let's go back to this verse. He said, And I saw the thrones, and they that sat upon, uh, upon them, and judgment was given unto them. Now we've got a colon. And he gives us some details about these people that are sitting that he sees. And it's very interesting. And he says, And I saw the souls of them. I saw their souls. Now, we learned from Sunday morning uh, that this word soul is an interchangeable word. This word soul can mean your spirit, but this word soul can also talk about your thoughts and, the feel, and your th- feelings, your, you know, the seat of your emotions, the seat of your thoughts. So this word is interchangeable between spirit and what we refer to as soul in our time. He says, and I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus. Now, some people will say, well, those are the people that were beheaded during the the seven years of tribulation. But how much do you know? People are being, do you know that people are being beheaded today for for the sake of Christ? Today, in the world today, people are losing their heads. Losing their heads. I mean, there's stories coming out of Russia and Korea and all those areas and China that'll make your skin crawl about people being beheaded and all kinds of stuff. I mean, it looks like something out of biblical terms. And the jihadists. The jihadists and all that. How much do you know, uh, how much do you know, people were beheaded in John's day and everywhere in between. People were, people were beheaded in the Old Testament for the sake of Christ. 
And they're going to be in the tribulation also. So he said this. He said, for the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus. So he saw those people. He said, uh, for, the wor- he said for, the, for the witness of Jesus Christ and for the word of God. And which had not worshipped the beast. Uh, how much do you know? If you're gonna, if you're in this, if you're in this era right now, if you're in this dispensation right now, if Jesus calls away the church right now, if you're worshiping the beast, which is Satan, you're not going out of here. Right. Even if you say you're, even if you say I'm a Christian, even if you say you're a Christian, <clears throat> have not uh, worshipped His image. How much you know? There's people today that bow down to all kinds of images, pagan images. The- Demonic images. Uh, and demonic images. They're bowing their life down to it. And have not received, that means taken upon their heart, the mark upon their foreheads or their hands. This is a type, and remember, he's looking at the soul. He's not looking at the physical body. This word soul does not indicate physical body in any way, shape, or form other than the breath of life of animals. He's looking at their thoughts and he's looking at their actions. How much do you know today people by their actions are worshiping Satan? Worshiping Satan? Because remember, in the, when we looked at the mark of the beast in the time of the tribulation, it said that every person was going to be put in a position where they were required to receive the mark. But, it, that, just because you were, but, then it, but then in the next chapter it said uh, that those that received the mark into their heart, Remember that? Yep. So there was a difference between being required to take something in your hand or in your forehead that it would affect your purchasing ability. And there's a difference between taking a mark or an indication in your thoughts, in your actions, in, in, in your hands that says, I'm a servant of, the, uh, of Satan. There's a big difference. There's a big difference. So when you take that into consideration, then we can easily say these are... The people that will get called out of here before the seven years of tribulation. Let's read the rest of this. You mean the people that die of natural or die of getting beheaded before the right before the rapture? Right. Yeah. Okay. It says they lived. These people they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. They lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. Now let me ask you a question. If somebody in the seven years of tribulation, somewhere along the lines of the seven years, maybe even kind of towards the tail end when some some of these biggest miracles are happening, at that moment they go, oh God, you're real, I receive you, that's it, I'm saved, and then boom, here comes Jesus, he puts Satan in the tombs, and that's it. Uh, Does that person, would it be righteous, would it be a righteous God to make them the ruler? When they've not lived it out? No. When they've not lived it out, they have no works to declare it? No. So what he's talking about right here, he said, And I saw thrones, and they that sat upon them, and the judgment was given to them. He's talking about the people that he's seeing in heaven. He's talking about the ones that are coming back with Christ when Christ comes back. He's not talking about the ones that will still be on the earth when he returns. He's talking about, see, because what you have to understand is when we get called, when the church gets called out of here, who is the church? 
Is it this denomination or that denomination or the other denomination? Denominations will not matter. It's not going to matter. What's going to matter is have you received Christ Jesus, anointed Savior? Have you made him Lord? Are you living righteous and clean? Are you living sin-free? Are you fulfilling the commandments of his word? Are you doing that? Those are the ones that are getting called up. Uh, it can get a little confusing here in this scripture because it speaks of the, the mark of the beast, which doesn't happen until the tribulation. So how could they be not, I mean, what, how can you judge off of that if they didn't have, the, if, if they died before the tribulation? What, what they're talking about here is uh, when he's seeing into their soul he, and, and the mark on their head this is this is a spiritual mark. Yeah, he's this looking is, at the spirit. Is, this is where you follow in God in your thoughts and your and your, your actions. In, in your actions. The the actions would be the the symbol on your hand and your thoughts would be the symbol on your head. So if you're following Satan, you're going to have that mark. Nobody's going to see it. But, but they'll see it in the there. spirit. They'll see it in the spirit. They'll see it in the spirit. In fact, people that have people that have traveled in the spirit Satanists especially that have traveled in the spirit, they tell you that in the spirit they can tell who belongs to Christ and who doesn't. Right. right. We're already marked. So they and, and they also are marked because remember, listen, they're also the servants of Satan are also marked. Because remember, everything that Satan does is a counterfeit of Christ. So if God is going to mark his people, do you think Satan's not going to mark his? No, he's going to mark them. He's going to mark them. And, and you've got to re realize that this is prophecy here, and, and, and John's explaining it how he sees it in the Spirit. So, so you know, you're at, the symbolism is that your thoughts and your actions. Actions, yep. Because you do your actions with your hands most of the time. Now, I'm going to say this, and don't, don't, don't stone me. I'm going to say this because I want you to see something. But, it, but, uh, but this doesn't mean every person. Don't stone me. Listen to me thoroughly. We live in a day and an age where the, this word mark, when you look it up in the original language, it literally means an etching. It literally means to etch a stamp like a tattoo. It's what this word literally means. And we live in a day and an age where people are not thinking twice about getting tattooed. If you get a tattoo, does that automatically mean you're headed for hell? No, it does not. I have tattoos. I have two of them. So does that mean I'm headed for hell? No, it does not. But if you, will, if you will look and you will pay attention, there's a lot of people that are getting uh, symbols that are very demonic-based tattooed on their hands. And even it's getting to the point where people are even tattooing their faces. And their necks. And their necks. We went, we stopped, you, you, my, all my 360 people know, we stopped at IHOP on the way home. And I walked in the door, and there was a, a, a gentleman, I'm going to say, I, I'm going to call him a gentleman. He was a child of God by creation, if nothing else. But his entire, his entire, I mean, m almost every spot of his face was tattooed. And across his forehead was some satanic something along those lines. What is happening, what is already taking place in the spirit is starting to manifest in the lives of people in the natural. Does that mean that there's no hope for that man? No, there's a hope for that man. 
that man can still get transformed. That man can still come into the knowledge of Christ. Those tattoos can be removed. That he can make a heart decision. But what I'm telling you is that what he said, what God is saying that they see in the spirit, it's starting to manifest in the natural in some cases. In some cases. Uh, well, so, that's how they see themselves. Well, and that's, that's because, why they get those that, And that's because demons are driving them to, yeah, they're yep. manipulated by demons to get that mark in the natural. That's what's happening. All right. All right, so let's keep going. We're we, we done with that scripture? I think so. Okay. Verse 5. But the rest of the dead lived not again until the thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. All right. So from the day that the church gets called away, every person that is dead from that point forward says, but the rest of the dead, speaking about those that are set, because remember, when Jesus called the church away, it was only the righteous that were resurrected. Remember, listen to me. (laughs) Remember when, when, when Jesus calls away the church, it was only the righteous that were, re- that were resurrected. It was only the righteous. So here he said, the rest of the dead, that includes, listen to me, that includes those in the seven years of tribulation that have denied Christ. They didn't go into the pits of hell when Jesus. Listen. They did not go into the pits of hell when the beast and the prophet and the rulers went. Those were the only ones that went. The demons, the, pre, the, the false prophets, the ruling kings, the beast, and Satan were the only ones that went. So who was, who was alive uh, at the time of the resurrection, at the time of the rapture, will still be alive at this point. And it says, And the rest of the dead lived not again until the thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. The first resurrection is only those that are raptured. From Abel to the time that the church is called away, that's the first resurrection, the righteous. That's the first resurrection. There's no other resurrection until the millennial reign is done. It's over. Yes. It's over. Do we know all the details exactly how all this works? No, we don't. All we know, because, and, here's, and here's why this is important. Because this is important because some people teach that there's a mid-tribulation resurrection. Some people teach that halfway through the seven years of tribulation, that those that died in the first half of the tribulation will get resurrected. There's only two resurrections, this one and the one at the end of the millennial reign. There is no mid-tribulation resurrection. Some people teach that there's a resurrection between the end. Some people teach that there's a resurrection when the church is called away. There's a resurrection at the midpoint, there's a resurrection at the end of the seven years, and then there's a resurrection at the millennial reign. That would be four. Jesus just told us who was the first resurrection. He just told us who that was. 
Keep going. All right, verse 7. And when the thousand years are expired, Satan shall be loosed out of his prison. Okay, so we know nothing about the millennial reign other than those that come back with Christ are going to rule. Oh, he skipped Did six. We? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. All right, oh. verse 6. Blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection. On, second, uh, on such a, the second death hath no power. But they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. Oh, yeah. You missed the best, script, sure the best verse. All right. All right. Let's well, not, let's not well, miss you, this verse. You were this... talking about it. I'm sorry. <laughs> Blessed and holy is he that has part in the first resurrection. How much do you know? If you get called out of here when Christ calls the church away, you are blessed and holy. Glory to God. We want that. Look at what he says. He says, on such the second death... What, do we, what is the second death? The second death is eternal separation from God. Write that down. The second death is eternal separation from God. Eternal separation from God. So the second, if you get, if you're part of the first resurrection, then you can't be. Then you cannot become uh, spiritually separated from God. Woo, hallelujah. I just got to make it until Jesus returns. I just got to make it that far. All right. Thank you, Jesus. On such the second death, in other words, on such the the possibility of you being separated from God for all of eternity has no power. Has no power. Well, here's what we know about the seven years of tribulation. The whole point of the seven... The whole point of the seven years of tribulation is to give God is so that God can give every person an opportunity to receive him. However, we also know that in that time period, Satan is going to do everything and he's going to have total power to try to get you to reject God. So how much do you know? If you are in that seven year period, um, death has a hold on you. Death has, an, death has that second death. It shouldn't say, I shouldn't say a hold. Let me rephrase that. Death, that second death has a power to take you down and separate you from God. So, if, so the only way to not go through that power is to not be in the seven years of tribulation. Does that make sense? Yes. Are we all following me? I got everybody. Everybody's on track. Awesome. But instead, what we're going to get is that we are going to be priests of God and of Christ, and we shall do what? Rule, Rule and reign with him a thousand years. This is the second confirming scripture that we get to rule. This is why we have it in our confession, I rule or I reign as a king or a queen, depending upon your gender, uh, in this life. Why? Because God has already made us, uh, priest he has already made us rulers he has already made us to reign but when we come back with him that's when we're going to step in the fullness of that power because that's when he's going to assign us our areas that we're going to rule and reign over so again yes miss stacy i know this is a lot i know
They are the ones that, that go out of here in the rapture. The people that are raptured. Yep. 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 For a thousand years on earth. Now, let's, let's read a little bit more. Uh, well, but it talks about them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus. Yeah, they all, here's a, listen, the, the fathers of old, the, their physical bodies are still here. They're getting raptured also. That yes, their spirits are in heaven, but their bodies are on the earth. Their bodies and their and their spirits are coming together at the rapture. Right. Yeah. No grave soaking. So it's yes. The the the. No, it's not coming out of the ground. It's coming out of the mausoleum. The mausoleum. <laughs> I am I am splitting hairs, but. <laughs> Yes. Yes. Dad, yes. 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 Dad Hagen. Yes. Miss Aretha, Earl Roberts, all of them. Yes. yes. All, all, yes. The, all those folks that, that died, that, that lived their life for Christ, will get resurrected. Yep. Their bodies and their spirits will be combined together. Yes. John, all of them. The disciples that were beheaded. Now, that would in, they get to that would Peter. They all get to come that, back that together. Died, died for Christ, such as the ones that were beheaded. Or. or yeah. All right. Let's keep going. All right. I, I know this is going. You, so, you did have, we answer your question? Yep. No, that's that's it. That yes. that is the rapture of the. I, I shouldn't say the rapture of the church. What I should say is the rapture of the body of Christ. Is really a better way to say it. The rapture of the body of Christ. All of those that are righteous in Christ. Yes. Old Testament, New Testament, from Cain and Abel all I, I, the way. I like the way the Dakes puts it in their in their. It's a study Bible in in their notes off of this. They say that everybody from Abel all the way till the till the second coming, or, well, no, until the, to the, to the, the rapture. rapture, will be a part of that that gets that, that gets resurrected and and gets um, yes. yes taken up to heaven. Yes. Huh? Say what? There were some bodies that went up when Christ died. That's well, true. The ones that were there in Jerusalem did. Yeah, the ones that were there in Jerusalem did, yes. All right. Potentially. Again, y'all, God doesn't give us all of the details. Some of these questions are going to have to be answered when we get to heaven. It's like rapture 101 when I get to heaven. That's where I'm going right there. <laughs> After I go to how old am I and dinosaurs 101. Right, Okay. <laughs> All right, are we on verse 7 now? <laughs> what? What did she say? She said she, she said she doesn't think we're making it through three chapters. I, I don't think so tonight. I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm trying. Uh, maybe we can at least make one, at least. All right, verse 7. I was, seven. I I was hoping we wouldn't get stuck here. And, and, and when the thousand years are expired... It's say, pause. <laughs> pause. Here's why it's a pause. Here's why it's a pause. Well, pa because I know somebody's thinking it. Pastor, what happens during the thousand years? What happens during the millennial reign of Christ? I'm, I'm going to tell you. I'm going to give you the answer. Are you ready? Are you ready? There's going to be people that need to be ruled over, and we're going to rule over them, and all the rest is great surprises from Jesus. 
<laughs> in other words, he doesn't. Uh, in other words, he doesn't give us any details other than that. He gives us no other details. What we do know, because Jesus is going to be ruling, there's going to be no sickness. There's going to be no poverty. There's going to be no crime. There's not, there's not going to be, oh, Lord Jesus, Sounds to me like Roland's going to be a piece of cake. There's not going to be any homosexuality. There's not going to be any sexual, none of that. Lasciviousness. Lasciviousness. There's not going to be any robberies. There's not going to be any murders. There's not going to be any death. Oh, look out for a thousand years. There's not going to be any lying. Racism will be gone. Racism will be gone. Anything that the devil influences will not be occurring during those seven years. Because if it does occur, or a thousand years, because if it does occur, (laughs) the righteous rulers will handle it. There will be no corrupt judgment system. No corrupt judgment system. These are the things that we know. So now, verse 7. Now, verse 7, because now we've got it. So now we're all living large. We're living in the perfection of Christ. Christ is ruling. There's no evil works on the earth. Everything's been amazing for a thousand years. Everybody's got life going on. There's no poverty. There's no sickness. There's no disease. We're having a good time with Christ. Life is looking good, right? Now watch what happens. All right. Be careful. Watch what happens. And when the thousand years... Girls, 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 up here. Thank you. When the thousand years are expired, Satan shall be loosed out of his prison. Uh-oh. Right row. This guy's on a three strikes and a model, right? Right row. <laughs> Here's why. During the thousand years... Because remember, people on the earth today go, well, I don't, I don't see Jesus. How, how can I believe in him? Jesus is going to be visible. Jesus is going to be in front of their face. Jesus is going to show them his goodness. Jesus is going to show them how, how wonderful life can be with him. Jesus is going to show him in their face how good it is to serve God. He's going to show them. But here's the deal. There are still going to be people that will reject him even in his perfect world. There will still be people that will reject him. Satan has to have the opportunity. They've they've experienced the goodness of God for a thousand years. And Satan has to have the opportunity to say, no, no. I'm better. Let's read this. All right. Verse 8. And shall go out to deceive the nations which are in the four quarters of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them together to battle, the number of whom is as the sand of the sea. So Gog and Magog is present-day Palestine. It's the high mountains above Israel. Around the, the, there's mountains around Israel. These are those areas up there. Satan is going to be released for enough time that, he's, that, that the people, that even though they're sitting under the rule of Jesus, they still desire their fleshly desires. They still want their sexual immorality. They still want the things of the flesh. They still want their sin. 
He, these people that are secretly still wanting these things, when Satan comes out, they're going to flock to him as a god. And he's going to, and, and he's going to deceive them again. And he's going to convince them that we can go onto this mountain and we can take God on. And there's going to be so many of them, look at what it says, that they will, that they will number the sand of the sea. That's how many people will reject God after experiencing his goodness for a millennium. That's how many people will still reject him. He is back again. Sin will come back. Sin will come back to some degree. Yep, sin will come back to some degree. It will come back. See, during the millennial, let me, let me be clear. During the millennial reign, the people will still be able to sin. They just won't have Satan influencing it. It will be nothing but their flesh. But when they sin, they're going to go before God's judges. And God's going to judge them rightfully within the land, whatever those judgments are, probably looks very similar to the Levitical law. It'll look very similar to that. And, but, and so people are going to learn real quick to, to not rebel. But in their hearts, they're still going to want the lust of the flesh. And this is how many people are going to deny him, deny Christ, who are going to reject Christ at the end of the millennium. At the end. All right, verse 9. And they went up on the breadth of the earth and compassed the camp of the saints about and the beloved city, and fire came down from God out of heaven so and they devoured believed, them. They believed that, 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 that these people pile up on these mountains around Jerusalem. Now, will they actually, will they actually travel to Jerusalem and try to overthrow Jerusalem? Possibly, because that's where, Jesus, that's where the head ruler is going to be. That's where Jesus is going to be. So are they going to, and, and let's face it, from a military standpoint, if you've got the high ground, you've got the upper hand. So they're going to try to take, they're going to try to all gather up on the high ground, and they're going to try to overthrow Jerusalem, which is down in the valley. Um, and God, look at what God does. God said, oh, you think so? Here's a little fire from heaven. <laughs> and uh, they go, they're going to get devoured. They're going to get devoured. All Keep right. going. And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone, where are the beast and the false prophet are, and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. Okay, so the devil, now, what it says here. Oh, that's his third strike. He's out. Third strike, he's out. The devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire. This time, he's not cast into the pit. This time he's cast into the lake of fire and brimstone. This time he's cast all the way in to the place of perdition. This time he's come, he's all the way in. It says where the beast and the false prophets, they already were, and, uh, and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. Not only is Satan going to be tormented, not only are the people that choose Satan going to be tormented, but Satan himself will also be tormented forever and ever. All right. And I saw a great white throne, and him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. And the books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. 
And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And they were judged every man according to their works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Okay, this is why we refer to the judgment of those that reject God as the great white judgment, the great white throne judgment, is because of these verses right here. It's why we refer to it that way. So it says, so after Satan is thrown into the fire, then comes judgment day. Judgment day is after the seven years of tribulation, after the millennial reign of Christ, after Satan has his short little spell. Some theologians believe that that spell is only about another three and a half years, but, we, but the Bible does not tell us specifically. All we know is that he's, he's going for a few years or for a short period of time. He gets thrown in, and then after that comes the, comes, uh, the great white throne. And the reason it's referred to as the white throne is because, number one, it's God. It's the throne of righteousness. It's the throne of glory. It's the place of, it's the place of God and his righteousness. So it's solid white. It's beaming white. This, the people that come before this throne do not have Jesus as their intercessor. No, they don't. No, they don't. We find out from other scriptures and other books that on this day, not only are the dead judged at the white throne judgment, but all Christians are judged for their works at the seat of Christ. That's talked about in Romans and Corinthians and Old Testament books. That's talked about in other places. All right. In fact, it's talked about in the beginning of, it talks about it um, in chapter 3 of Revelations when it talks about the judgment of Christ, the judgment seat of Christ over there. It talks about that. But what he's focusing on right here in chapter 20 is he's focusing on those that, ha that uh, reject God. He says, And I saw a great white throne and him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. In other words, every, this, is, this is the judgment seat. Everything is, this, this is the place of, of power, authority, might dominion that nothing can stand the earth and the heavens have fled away uh because of because they've been well, because impacted by the sin of the earth because at this point at the at the great white throne there is no more mercy there's no and mercy even the heavens and the earth will flee from the face of god at this point yeah remember we read over i think it was in chapter 18 or 17 remember it said his great cup of wrath where uh there was no longer mercy or grace there was no longer in so that's what's going on here. There's no mercy. There's no grace. There's no more opportunities to receive Christ at this point. He said, in verse 12, he said, And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. And there's a semicolon. In other words, doesn't matter what position you held in this world, it, you're going before God. Uh, and he's talking about those that rejected him. And it says, and the books were opened. Then there's a colon, and it tells us specifically what books were opened. It says, and another book was opened. So he's giving us detail, and another book was opened, which is of life. 
that uh, the book is italicized. So the one book that's open is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in these books according to their works. So there's one book. It's called the book of life. And this is, or the book of Christ. Some places refer to it that way. Um, or the book of the living is another way it's referred to. But there's one book. And, and if your name has been blotted out of that book, then you're not making heaven. You're not going, yeah, you're in trouble. That's it. You are in trouble. But how do you get your name written in the book? It's a wonderful, wonderful question. You get your name written in the book by being conceived. That's how your name gets written. Your name gets blotted out when you reject Christ. However, your name can be reinstated when you are born again and receive him as his Lord and Savior. So that's the first book. So the first thing that they're going to do is that the first thing that the judge is going to do is the judge is going to look and see if your name's been blotted out. If your name has been blotted out, then he's going to open these other books and he's going to look at your works. Listen, good works, he's going to look at your good works. He's going to look at the good work. You can be a good person and go to hell. God's going to look at your good works, and he's going to see that your name's been blotted out. And he's also going to look at your evil works. And he's going to measure your good works, and he's going to measure your evil works, and that's going to determine your level of damnation. Because remember, he's not looking to see if your book's in the book of life or not, other than to see... Yep, it's been blotted out. Okay? So those are the books that he's looking at. So do your works matter? Yes. Side journey, you, the Christian, you go out in the rapture. You will also be judged on your good works and your evil works. What will be determined is your level of reward. Yeah, it's not, it's not going to be determined whether you're going to be in heaven or not because you're in the Lamb's Book of Life. That's why you're in front of Jesus. Right. So the question is, is how big of a reward you get? So, and some people are like, man, as long as I get in by the skin of my teeth, I'm happy, I'm good. But when you start seeing the rewards starting to be passed out, you're going to wish you had a different mindset. Yeah. You're going to wish you had a different mindset. When you see that you're going to have all these rulers over you, you're going to be thinking, man, I should have done the work. When you see people getting robes of righteousness and you get garments of uh, salvation, you're going to be thinking, man, I should have done the works. <laughs> when you see, you know, they're getting, this one's getting a soul winner's crown and this one's getting a, a servant's crown and this one's got all kinds of jewels in their crowns, you're going to be thinking, I should have done the works. <laughs> I should have done the works. So it matters. It matters. Your walk matters. It makes a difference. All right. So that so he gives us a synopsis. Then it says, uh, verse 13, and it says in the sea, which we've known all, which we keep saying all through the book of Revelations, every time you see sea, that's a representation of the multitude of people. So the people of the earth, or the, the, the multitude of people of the earth, are going to give up those that are spiritually dead. They're physically alive, but they're spiritually dead. They've rejected God. The Gog and the Migog people. 
the Gog and the Migog people. They're going to give up those people. It says, And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. Those that went to hell prior, those that, those that are dying now without Christ, that's when they're going to the judgment seat. And Satan and uh, ha- hell has to, rec- has to send them up. And God's going to check their books too. This is where they're going to hear, depart from me, I never knew you. This is where they're going to hear this. Because this is what we know by testimonies and this is what we know by the word. When you leave your physical body, you either go up or you, already, or you go down. God is a righteous judge. God is a right and proper judge. And if he determines you're going down, he didn't determine that falsely. But what happens, and we see this, Miss Ann can testify to this, in the detention center, is the people get arrested, and they go, oh, I'm innocent, I'm innocent, just get me before the judge, just get me before the judge. There are people in hell today that are saying, just get me before the judge. I wasn't supposed just to get go me there. to the judgment day. Even though they're being tormented, they are deceiving themselves that they are falsely there. They're sitting there going, get me before the judge. I was in the pew every Sunday. Get me before the judge. I can recite two-thirds of the scriptures. Get me before the judge. I've, I've cast out demons. Get me before the judge. I've spoken prophecy. Get me before the judge. I was a preacher. Yep. Get me before the judge. And he's going to get, and they're going to, so judgment day is going to come. They've been saying this through the millennium, through all this time. He gets before the judge, and they, and they, start, to, they start to give their case as to why they're in the wrong place. And God pulls out the book. And God says, it says right here, you live like the devil Sunday evening to Sunday morning. It says that you're a drinker, that you're a brawler, that you're, oh, this says that you're a habitual liar. Well, well, yeah, Lord. I mean, that's the only one. That, that'll get you. If that's your only sin, you are a habitual liar. Wait till we get into some of these other scriptures. It says the liar doesn't make heaven. He'll pull out the book and he'll say, Yep, you were a tither, you were a giver, you were in the church every Sunday, but you were also a backbiter and a gossip. You were a liar. You were a whoremonger. Oh, it says here that you were homosexual. Guess what? He says, those all disqualify you. And the person at that point goes, you're right. I'm guilty. That's even what they do in the detention center. They get up before the judge. And the judge starts to rule, to read out all the laws that they broke. And they'll go, you know what? I did break those laws. And the penalty for breaking those laws is jail. Yep, I'm going to jail, and rightfully so. These are the people that will hear, depart from me, I never knew you. These are them. And why? Because they're being judged according to their works. Well, now you're just making that up. Well, let me get you at least to the verse that says that. Okay. 
<laughs> I guess we better start reading then. It says, and whosoever, verse 15, and whosoever was not found written in the what? Book of life. Book of life. If your name is not in the book of life, what's it say? You is cast into the lake of fire. Yep. Okay, chapter 21. You only got to make it about verse 8. Yep. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away. And there was no more sea. And I saw John. Now that, that sea does not mean people. That sea literally means the oceans of the earth. With the end of the millennial reign, the earth will change. The earth will revert back to very similar to the Garden of Eden. And, and you know, the oceans developed. The oceans came into play um, when uh, the earth was flooded or when the, when the continents were divided at the Tower of Babel. That's, a lot, that's when a lot of that stuff happened. So here, when it talks about the ocean, when it says the seas, the, 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 uh, the oceans are going to change. The earth is going to change. The contour of the earth is going to change. God's going to revert the earth back into something. It's going to turn the earth into something totally new and something totally different. Right. There'll be rivers. There'll be streams. There'll be all of that. But the seas will be gone. Verse 2, and I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. This is what it's going to look like when the church returns at the, at the millennial reign. This is what it's going to look like. This is what it's going to look like. This is after the millennial reign. Or after the millennial reign, yes. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. And there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, nor shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. Where it says no more death, that means that no, there will be no longer spiritual death. Spiritual death will be done away. There will be no ability to be separated from God at this point. Once Satan is dealt with, once the judgment day is dealt with, once God recreates the earth, there, this, this idea of physical death had already been dealt with, and now this idea of, uh, or this, this situation of spiritual death separated from God for all of eternity, that's done away also. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. And he said unto me, It is done. I am the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely. That's the water that's going to flow. Those are the waters that are going to flow all over the earth, are the waters of life, are the fountain of life. Those are the waters that are going to flow. How much you know salt water right now will take your life? If you think about it. I mean, people get stranded out in the ocean. You think, well, there's all that water. How can they die of dehydration? Because salt will dehydrate you. This is the fountain of, this is, this is the waters of life. Come on. Yes, that's right. He that overcometh shall inherit all things. And I will be his God, and he shall be my son. Woohoo! Guess what? At the end, we win. And, and we, in and, the end, and we God, win. And God calls us his son. There you go. Daughter. If we overcome, we get to inherit what? All things. What? All Come things. Come on, church. 
If we if we overcome to the end, what do we inherit? All things. Everything. All things. There's nothing that we don't get to inherit. Come on. And and he said, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son, or I get to say, I will be his daughter. Glory to God. Come on. But the fearful and unbelieving. That fearful means vile. And the abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Uh oh. Uh, who, 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 what, huh? Let's read this. The fearful means the cowardly, the craven, the vile, the worthless, the miserable, the wretched, and unhappy. That's why I say that word should really have been translated vile. Uh, the unbelieving, this is the infidel or the faithless. How much you know, if you're unbelieving, then you're believing in Satan. If you've gone through all of this, this and you're still unbelieving, you've got problems. The abominable, oh my goodness. These are the people, uh, it says, to cause, to stink, to make loathsome, uh, to feel disgust, distaste, to have horror of, uh, to be abominated. It refers, to, it, re, it refers to those polluted with unnatural lust and abhor. The latter passage refers to abdo, uh, um, <clears throat> abominable immoral practices in connection to idolatry. This includes every type of sexual immorality up to and including homosexuality, bisexualism, uh, transgenderism, bestiality, pedophilia, any any type of immoral anything, that's included. Murders, literally, murderer. Whoremongers, these are the fornicators. Uh, the sorcerers, this is a person who, by use of drugs, enhanced potions, charms, and enchantments, seek to produce supernatural effects in the lives of others. Uh, seven, idolaters, those who practice idolatry and abominable immoral acts in worship of idols. Um, eight, uh, we'll see this here in a little bit, it says dogs, which include false prophets and homosexuals. Uh, in fact, in Deuteronomy, Isaiah, uh, uh, Philippians, and Revelations, homosexuals are referred to as dogs uh, because they were... What, what was referred to as, as uh, male cult uh, prostitutes or sodomites. Go look up sodomy. That will help you. Uh, or not. Liars and lovers of lies. These are all the people that do not. These are all people that inherit the lake of fire. Why do y'all? <laughs> yeah. It's not a good inheritance. This is why I'm like, y'all need to speak truth. Speak truth. Get lies out of your mouth. So Get all, the lies out of your mouth. So all these shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. So we had a first resurrection and now a second death. And there came unto me one of the seven angels, which had seven vials full of seven last of the of the seven last plagues, and talked to me, saying, Come hither. I will show thee the bride, the lamb's wife. All right. So we're going to stop right here. 
for time. Uh, we'll stop right here. We're going to see the goodness of heaven next week. Um, but I wanted to end on a slightly good note because, you know, obviously we don't want to uh, be in the category of those that inherit the lake. But we do want to be in the category of the land, of the bride of the lamb. Amen. We want to be in the category of the, of the bride of Jesus. We want to be in that category. My, Pastor Mike and I were really looking at this today, and uh, we realized, you know, we say all the time, we say, um, you know, oh, the church is the bride of Christ, or I'm the bride of Christ, or something like that. When we're talking about staying out of sin, I'm in the bride of Christ. But really what we are in modern terms today is we're his fiancé. In modern times. We've made a promise. He's made a promise. As far as we're concerned, we're married. As far as he's concerned, we're married. But the actual marriage act has not taken place yet. The ceremony and celebration and all of that has not taken effect yet. And at any point, we can pull out. At any point, we can go, "Mm, nah, I don't want you, Jesus, after all. I don't want to get married to you. At any point, we can do that. Up until. Up until. Uh, so we don't want to do that. So, so really, there, it is true for us to say, because under Jewish custom, once you, um, and even really an American should be, people don't believe, don't treat it this way anymore, should be once you get engaged, you're as good as married as far as your heart to that person. Now, as far as how you physically behave with that person, that, that's a no-no. But your heart to that person, your faithfulness to that person should already be as though you were married. True. Well, glory to God. Praise the Lord. We made it. Yes. We got a chapter and a half in. <laughs> Woo! A chapter and a half. So we'll pick up right there next week and uh, finish this off. And glory to God, we made it. We didn't drag it out forever and ever and ever and ever. And uh, But I'll be glad to be done with this. <laughs> it's been a journey. You want to bless? Sir. Derek, if you'll come and serve the people. Well, Lord, we thank you for this word that we've received. We we hope that we, we, I hope that we all take it to heart and that it grow and, and bear fruit in our lives and lead us eventually to be the bride of Christ. Lord, because we know that, that, that everyone that, that is called, called home at the time of the rapture will be the bride of Christ. So we want to be, our, our goal, our, our, yes. our wish, our hope, our, our prayers are Drive. to be the bride of Christ. Lord, we just ask that you strengthen us and you give us the determination and the and the fortitude and the willpower to and the boldness to to stand for you and to stand against the devil and to become the ultimately the bride of Christ. Lord, we just thank you for this wisdom and we thank you for this knowledge. And Lord, we just want to see your work done here on earth as it is in heaven. So we give into your kingdom and we ask that you bless this offering that it go further than we could ever ask, hope, or think towards the doing of your work here on this earth until such time as we are called home. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen Amen and amen. Father, we thank you for the seed sowed. And Father, we thank you for increase. We thank you that the word is working. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. Glory to God. We got prayer for the nation Saturday morning. Practice Friday, apparently. Practice tomorrow, what Friday evening. What time did evening. you say, Miss Kathy? They're, I think they're looking at about 3.30 is what I think they're looking at. Oh, that's fine. And uh, glory to God. Um, but, but prayer for the nation. If you can be here with us at 8 o'clock in the morning, we pray for about an hour for the nation. And uh, then we'll do Sunday morning. And then uh, that's it for this week. Uh, we love you guys. If you need us, don't hesitate to reach out. Don't forget to keep Misty and uh, Todd in your prayers for sure. 
that whole family, they're going to need continued prayers for quite a while. It's a big change coming to their family. Okay. 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 Uh-huh. Yes. Oh, Lord Jesus, she needs help. Oh, Father God, Father, Father, Father. We lift both of these up, Father God. Remind, what was the lady's name that had a broken arm? Donna. Father, we lift up Donna to you, Father God. Father, we just, Father, we stretch our hands out towards her. We call her healed and whole. We command the bones to line up, to, to refuse back in place, perfectly aligned. Any muscles, ligaments, or tendons that are affected, that they, that they come in line, that it's a supernatural recovery with no pain in Jesus' name. And, Father, this uh, other lady that's a professed witch um, that is now ill, Father God, Father, we just ask that you cause her, because she sits in darkness, you cause her to come to know the great light, the great light of Christ. And, Father, we just ask that you touch her body from the top of her head to the soles of her feet with the healing power of God. And, Father, that she's shaken out of the grips of Satan. And, Father, we thank you that your word is true. Your word is working. Father, you've heard our intercessions for her in the past. And, Father, we just put you in remembrance of that. And, Father, we thank you that you're working in her life. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. amen. Glory to God. And uh, your mom has surgery the 8th. It's the same doctor. Bless their heart. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. We. Thank you, Father. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Oh, Stacy, I hadn't seen you in a while. I know you've been traveling and going, and we've been traveling and going. And yay, we're glad to have you home. I got to remember to text you. I got to remember to text you. I need to put a reminder in my phone. Text. Well, at least you did that. We're glad to have you home. But here's the deal. But here's the deal. Your Holy Ghost, your your spirit catches it. Your spirit, even though your head doesn't catch it, your spirit catches it. Because I used to fuss at my pastor for that. Pastor, you go too fast. And Dad Hagen, he's even faster. I'm like, I even still, I even still to this day, as much as I've listened to Dad, as much as I've listened to Dad Hagen, I still have to pause and I still have to rewind and I still have to go back, even the same sermons I've listened to time and time and time again because it goes so fast. And that's what it is. Your spirit can go much faster than your brain. But your spirit catches it. But your spirit will catch it and your spirit will bring it back up later up and you're like, ooh, yeah, I know.
Rhyming Missouri. Did I get that right? Did I catch that right? But you're trying to get it. So you're what? Yeah, yeah. You're getting. You're grabbing every morsel. You're grabbing every little morsel that's in there. Yeah. And well, and that's the challenge. And you got a room, and everybody's at different levels. You got to get drop a little food for this one. You got to drop a little food for that one. You got to drop some food over here. And you're like, I want every morsel, which is great. I love that. Yeah. 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 Well, thrilled to have you back. So how are the babies? The babies. There's babies everywhere in your family. Good. Awesome. Yay. Very good. How's Mike and Jonathan? Okay. That's okay. Just keep working on them a little here and a little there. He said he at least thought about it this time. In time. He will. Oh, is he? Because I'm a little... She's funny. She's funny. It's that's it's the anointing that intimidates. That's what it is. It's the anointing that intimidates. I'm not scary. So, so, so the more you're around her, the more you'll find out she's not scary. Not scary at all. Yes, sir. What's your question? What's all 